everyone welcome back to another episode of what we think um we've been on a little bit of a hiatus but Just we're back now <laughs> and we're super excited um what started this episode was that sarah and i love watching vlogs of students from different countries and we think it's like super cool how our lives and schools compare to people around the world and it's also cool to see like the things that we share, like deadlines, extracurriculars, sleep deprivation. <laughs> and yeah, this is pretty much just a global thing. So yeah, we were really excited when our guest, Adrija, joined us or reached out to us. And um, she was interested in sharing her experiences with us on our show. So oh, we're so excited to share them with you in our conversation today. And there's just so much that we want to talk about. And I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. Um, so, Adrija, why don't you introduce yourself, um, give a couple details, and we can go from there. Uh, sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Adrija I am a high school senior from India. So, I'm interested in reading and writing primarily, but in recent years, I have also taken to journalism and filmmaking. Uh, I live in... Kolkata, India, which is in the eastern part of India. And my aspirations include going into the field of research. I particularly enjoy researching on international relations, as well as serving my country as a civil service officer. So, yeah, I think that would be all. That's pretty cool. Well, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I wish I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of just like, kind of in the blind. I'm like, I mean, I applied for my colleges, but that's about it. All right. So before we start, we'll do two things. We're going to quickly do um, icebreakers, and then we're also going to do life updates. So we'll mm-hmm. kind of start off with our life updates like we normally do. Um, I can go first. Okay. Um, one of the biggest things kind of talked about a little bit earlier was I finally finished my college applications, and <laughs> thank God. Yeah. So I yeah. Was, oh my gosh. It's such a big stressor for me. It was like the first, like the first half of like our twelfth grade is like just like consumed by that stress, and like p- applying for colleges here. I think we'll talk about it later on in the uh, episode too. But it's not just like there's no like one exam there's like a bunch of like different pieces you have to do like you have to do like the essays and the extracurriculars and just a lot but i'm Mm -hmm. glad i got that out of the way and now i I can enjoy the rest of my year hopefully fingers crossed nothing goes wrong oh my gosh Mm um well i can go next um I got a job at starbucks since the last time that we recorded an episode (laughs) I um yeah it's definitely a lot crazier than like any other job I've had and yeah I don't really know what else to say about it it's like I'm a barista which is so cool I'm gonna I want to I've yet to visit Madeira and I have to do that soon actually and Mm -hmm. um we'll see how it goes oh speaking of being a barista I'm a bubarista so I work at a bubble tea store which is kind of fun yeah um (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but yeah, that's kind of... okay. okay, I think that's a fun name, okay? It's a bubble tea ma- drink maker. Like, Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, there's clearly a superior name here. No, All there's right. like so many different names that people give their workers. Like sandwich shops, like homegrown, will call their workers sandwich partners. Sandwich and I... partners? Yeah. Interesting. And I'm, I'm a partner. That's interesting. At Starbucks. Yeah, it's really weird. 
very because I've heard like other places they're like um sandwich artists. I don't know where is that Subway? <laughs> I'm not oh, sure. Oh oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, that's pretty that's interesting. Weird. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh Deja, you wanna share your life update? Uh yes. So I had my films being accepted to two international film festivals, home assistant shows and the Diego Seventh International Film Festival and I'm about to turn 18, so that's like a pretty big life event for me. So yeah, I've been occupied with both of these things. Oh time. my gosh, that's so exciting. That's crazy. Your film has been accepted into film festivals. What the heck? You have to share that with us so we can also share it with our audience. And we'll definitely give it a watch too. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. And yeah, like happy early birthday. Like I just turned 18 in December, so... Let me tell you, I thought, like, everything was going to change for, like, I don't know why. I was just like, I'm going to be 18, I'm going to be an adult, and it's going to be all good. And it wasn't all good, because I was like, (laughs) I still don't know what I'm doing with my life, but it's okay. We're still figuring Mm -hmm. it out, and that's fine. So, yeah, happy early birthday. All right, let's get started now. Um, Oh, our icebreaker (laughs) is, um, so, some of our favorite, uh, well, I don't know if they're our favorite, but like some of the sweetest um, Indian sweets that we can think of. And I think these might be very regional. Or actually, I don't know if they're regional. I think they might be somewhere everywhere. But give it a shot. Um, if there was, you, there's Rasgulla, Gulab Jamun, or Jalebi, and one of them has to go, which one is it and why? And there is a right answer. <laughs> no pressure or anything. Okay, so you made it pretty easy for me. I'm not a Jalebi or a Gulab Jam person. Oh my god. So it's just enough for me to want to go. Actually. Oh, oh my god. Oh my gosh. That was That's that was really not harsh. how I was gonna go. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. I've never met anyone who doesn't like Jalebi. I that was like a bullet to my heart actually. <laughs> I love to read it. That's actually out of the list. That's probably the one I eat the most frequently. Oh, hot jalebi is so good. That's like oh my gosh. Whenever I like would visit India, that was like you the did. one street visit. Yeah, uh, jalebi is all good. Everywhere, yeah, sure we get. Sorry. Ah, I was not yeah yeah i mean you can't get jalebis here but they're not nearly as good as like the jalebis you can find in india obviously but jalebi are like part of my being rasgulla i do not understand how anybody eats it it's so sweet i can't do it i can't do it oh my gosh like i have a way of eating it i have to drink every drop of the dress that is there in the rasgulla before i can eat it (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh well you know to each their own i guess to each their own and Mandira, what about you i mean i was gonna say rascula yes. um yes yeah i like your idea though because I, I love the texture of it mm. like i don't know what it's made of but i love it i'll, I'll just wring mine out whenever i eat it yeah yeah just like get rid of I all of the sugar the in cheese. oh oh my that makes so much sense yeah 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 it's not made of paneer, is it? Because paneer is like... She said most... cottage cheese. Yeah, but paneer yeah, is... Cottage like cheese a... is paneer. Yeah. Like, the stage before paneer is made. We call it chana, basically. So oh. the stage before paneer is... Say that is what Rasulullah is made with. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I learned something new today. That is so <laughs> cool. 
That's like wow. Ruscola is because I love paneers, so maybe I should give Ruscola another try with that. In I mind. am a diehard fan of paneers. Yes. Oh my god. Okay, good. Good. Yes. You have that. That's one thing we, we can all can agree, do, on, all agree on that. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like Balak paneer. I don't know what it's called in Kolkata, but it's like the yeah. Yes. Yes. You my have heart is like. Balak paneer is like part of my mental well-being i'm not even kidding it's so good okay. <laughs> exactly all right so now let's shift focus to like our actual um conversation what we're gonna start off with is because here what you what you really wanted to talk to us about is you know all of our experiences through the pandemic um especially you know relating to our mental health um which is very important and i thought it would be really uh, interesting to see how um, the conversation surrounding mental health, like maybe could and um, at school or in like the greater community would differ um, where we are versus where you are. Like you said, you were in Kolkata and we are in Washington State. So we'll get started with this one. I guess our first uh, question would be like, is how the past couple of years of COVID been for you? And, you know, how's it going? Uh, okay, it's... So this was a very taxing painful I should say. And only the this fall started, I used to think that, you know, it's good. I'll be staying at home. No need to even wear the hoodie at home and stuff like that. But, and then I started working with um, several NGOs and outside organizations. Mm-hmm. It was not at all easy for Kolkata because it was hit by cyclones every year. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. in 2020. Yeah, shit, 2021. And like, it is very close, like, uh, West Bengal has a lot of coastlines, like the Dalmini, Digha, and all of these places. All of them were very, very badly affected. Everything was blown away. Even Kolkata was affected by US to a great extent, but not as much as the rural areas. We were cut off from connection, no way of being connected with the outside world. Wow. Um, and so it was it was like very, and on the family side also, I went through a lot of troubles. So um, my mother and my grandmother fractured their arms and legs at the same time, one week apart from each other. Oh my god. And at that point of time, my father also fell ill. My grandfather was already ill. And I managed a family of 10 people on my own and looked into the family business. At the same time, that was the time when COVID was a peak in India, 2021, February to May. I was also mm-hmm. volunteering to help people get documents and lintos and hospital beds and stuff like that. So yeah, it has been taxing time. That is... Oh my gosh, I hope your family is doing better now. Hopefully they made a good recovery. Uh, my grandmother passed away with kidney failure, but yeah, apart from the shock. Yeah, that's, that's tough. I'm sorry for your loss. I hope that at least in like her last moments with your family, she was very loved and she was surrounded by you guys. So hopefully that is a bit of a comfort. But I'm sorry. Yeah, I remember hearing about um, the whole oxygen cylinders thing because a lot of my family, like my daddy, they they're in India too. And oh my god, it was insane. It was horrible. I, I remember it was 2:30 a.m. at night. Then there were 17 people running around in ambulances. No hospital beds to be available, and I stayed up with my whole team trying to find some place for them and then there were orphan children nobody wanted to 
10 of his 5 year old both parents admitted to the hospital nobody willing to even give them a packet of biscuits they like paid 5 times the price of packet of biscuit and then one person went and gave it to that girl uh, she was part of it from a new book so yeah it was a total mess oh my gosh yeah it's it's really hard because yeah five times the price for a packet of biscuits for the poor girl oh my gosh that's a lot Sorry, I'm just like in awe. This is like, <laughs> this oh is my like, Lord. this is like a different level than everything we experience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, you're like so strong. I don't even. I, <laughs> this is wow, wow. Well, thank you. I I don't know what else to say. I don't know because I was just like, how have our experiences with COVID been? I don't know. It was not that bad. So yeah, yeah that is. I'm. That's incredible that you were able to help your community mm-hmm. and your family and. I'm glad that you were able to do that, especially at like six, what you did in that last year, 16, now you're 17. Like, that's awesome. Represent mm-hmm. the youth. Like, awesome. All right. <laughs> so, um, I guess kind of jumping off of that, like, you, it definitely was must have been quite taxing. Like, so what did you find worked for you? Or what do you think, like, the conversation, like, for you to say, like, what about your mental health talking about it to your peers or like adults around you how would that conversation normally go or what is like the culture around mental health where you are uh to be very honest mental health or seeking help when you are not in a good emotional state has never been encouraged in and mm-hmm. during the covid times everybody was able to but he was in a proper mental state so even if you wanted to you couldn't find people around you who you could talk to like with regard to me I, I I am the head of the student council at school and then I told you about home and the business so I would wake up at 5.30 a.m. every day and go to sleep at 3.30 a.m. at night uh, two hours every day for I think about five to six months at least oh five to six God. months about more than that and then all of a sudden I told you about the seaside areas my family has officially one of the seaside areas the cyclone totally washed it away uh-huh. so there we go there is a financial crisis up there so then I started working I started earning to support my family the school fees of my siblings so I think but the thing with me was that never for a single moment I found myself becoming very sad or very depressed because I did not have even that mental space to actually feel what I was feeling i could not feel what i was feeling i kept on doing things running around mm-hmm. i burnt my hand while i swimming i almost blew my hand off when got hit on the pan mm-hmm. i was um i was careless and i couldn't even feel what i was feeling i just kept on doing and doing and doing like a robot that was also the yeah. time of my final exams so i took my final exams side side along with all this so um it is, it is not, I wouldn't say that mental health is still as much of a stigma as it was a few years ago. But yeah, even now, if you go to, um, say, a psychologist or even a therapist, uh, people will call you crazy. People will say that this person has gone mad, so they're going to help. This can never be that they're not in a good emotional state and they need professional support. It is always that that person has gone crazy. And that kind of stigma is absolutely not something anyone who is in not, not in a good mental 
play piano there at least most of so like again people either hide and go to therapy or they do not go to therapy and the situation becomes worse in the covid situation it absolutely became even more worse because first of all people couldn't afford therapy therapy is costly and secondly the stigma around so yeah i feel like there's so much i can relate to in that like i feel like well not to the levels of what you're speaking about but that thing of like going and just like in the state of just go 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 you know like always doing something and then not being able to like feel your feelings is like so like I feel like it's like so understandable yeah and like like, mm -hmm. when you have like so much to get done and and honestly it's sometimes it's easier that way to just like numb yourself from like Mm -hmm. giving yourself time to even think about what it might be like preoccupying yourself and you had so much to do so and in a sense I guess that was it was something that was I guess a bit helpful to you um trying to get through that uh tough time but yeah it's really tough and when you said that I find that really interesting that like I think one of the biggest things that came out of the pandemic like and you said it was for you at home and over here as well and like more of the desi communities like well i don't know about Madeira's experience but speaking from my own experience like because through covid you said everyone was going through such a tough time um it made the conversation around mental health just like a smidge more open because everyone could now understand that like there is a level between like you are crazy and like you just need some help or you know, you just need somebody to talk to to sort through everything. Like, there are in-betweens. So, um, yeah, that was very relatable. And uh, You know, the thing the thing is that during the pandemic, the youth community, they became even more empathetic. They recognized the need for the space where you can talk about your mental health. But the problem is that our families, you know, the previous generations, they grew up with that stigma. This mm-hmm so long with that stigma so it is somewhere very difficult for them to come out of the stigma so while we can mm-hmm. connect like we are connecting right now while we can connect with other youth online and talk to them and share our feelings if this environment in the family is not conducive for you to share somewhere or the other you still keep feeling that kind of discomfort because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. after all the house the family is the place where you are physically in and that does have an impact on your life oh absolutely Mm-hmm. Like, if you're told all the time that, like, talking about your feelings is, like, wrong, like, every day by, like, your family, yeah, that definitely, yeah, I don't, definitely has, like, a toll on you. Yeah, and I'm, like, from my experience, even here, unfortunately, it's kind of the same thing, especially in, like, the Desi communities here. Mm-hmm. Um, There's still the same thing, like, with us are like our generation the younger people most of the time the conversation is pretty frank it's pretty open and people are more willing to see therapy um or seeking help uh as normalized you know it's just a part of life and everybody goes at some point or the other but um yeah a lot of the adults here too it's like there's it's clearly it's like you're not if you have to go seek help then you're just not strong enough to handle it on your own mm-hmm. um it's so yeah that's something that's really frustrating when I encounter it it's I'm just like there is there's 
there has to be an in-between. Like, you have to understand, like, these, they, all of these adults, they have to be going through tough times, too. Like, wouldn't it just be so much easier if you were able to talk your problems through with some people? It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It is a frustrating situation to be in. But, um, you know, here again, there is gender discrimination. Like, say, for example, um, if it is girls, like, even now, the LGBTQIA plus community does not have much recognition among the older generations, as I was saying. So, like, for them, it is still just boys and girls. So, like, mm-hmm. if it is a girl who is going to a therapist, then that girl is crazy. Okay, and if it is a boy who is going to a therapist, then that boy is not like strong enough. The, that the boy is supposed to be manly and masculine. How can they go to a therapist? And for the girl, the argument is that you are crazy, and other people will know, so you cannot go to the therapist. So like these kinds of gender stereotypes have found their way even in the way people restrict other people from seeking help. I mean, it's a very weird situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those can be so harmful. I don't. Yeah. Um. Oh wait, sorry. Uh, yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah. Um. It is those gender stereotypes are like, and even here to it, to a certain extent, like, and I, I think that part of it is because we're coming from like these uh, communities and we're seeing this in like our parents' generation, and then also even the culture here in the greater. American society, um, there is still that stigma of like, well, now here it's called more like toxic masculinity, but like these like stereotypical things that a man should be. And like there's, they are, and what I found really interesting through, through conversations with so many other people, um, is that these stereotypes or expectations also exist in so many other cultures besides just like, like Desi cultures, also like in Eastern cultures and also, um, in Latinx cultures or like Hispanic cultures as well and I just found that really I found that really interesting that like although we have such different backgrounds these like small things and (laughs) things that are like good and bad we still share in common which is like not that everything's like just happy-go-lucky like that but yeah yeah, um yeah that is something that is it, it is difficult to unpack and even now here there is still so much of that like I shouldn't be sharing my feelings or like crying is wrong because I'm a guy or like if you're crying as a girl then you're too emotional it's just there's like no Mm -hmm. you have to find like a quote-unquote sweet spot but that sweet spot doesn't actually exist anyways it's super annoying all right um Uh, so I uh, I did something I don't know if you would call it silly or impulsive but uh, as I said I could not get that kind of that I was looking for when mm-hmm. I was going through the tough times. So what I did was I started giving support instead. So uh, there is this online community called Seven Cups of Tea. I'm not sure if you have heard of it or not. Mm-hmm. But it is a place where people can go and talk to listeners anonymously. There are listeners on the website who listen to your problems basically and mm-hmm. write support. So um, I tried on that website and I couldn't really find somebody who was empathetic enough. Like mm-hmm. it it was very, very obvious to me that, you know, they were just busy with their stuff and they were trying to, trying to, like, pass it over. So I, I decided to become a listener myself and to actually listen to people, to actually validate the purpose of that website. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that. 
and unexpectedly that gave me a lot of peace oh wow oh wow yeah i can because i think it's really interesting the relationship between our own like satisfaction or like inner peace and like helping others around us it, mm-hmm. it is so intrinsically tied and i don't think that was on accident and so yeah that's awesome that you were able to find like something that worked for you and it's an outlet and um wh- what was the name of the website again i i feel like I want to try checking that out. Yeah, seven cups of tea. Seven cups of tea. Ooh, that's kind of that's kind of cool. All right. And when did you start um, listening or like start using the website, even as like a speaker? So as I said, it was when I was at my lowest. It was uh, February twenty twenty one. Everything was going on together. That's pretty. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a. That's actually. Do we have anything like that here, Mandira? Because we think... have like those. Um, what are they called? Like those like helplines that you can call. Um, yeah, those things. Okay, I I when I was at my lowest, I'd like texted them one time, and they were very like I was like, okay, y'all are really getting on my nerves. I don't <laughs> really understand. This is not helpful at all, please. Um, <laughs> but. Ah, okay. We should try it. That's definitely something that we should spread then. I I really like that. Seven Cups of... I wonder where they got that name from. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I like it. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's so... All people really want is someone who, like, listens and, like, validates their feelings. I Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of times people are so, um, like, solution-focused. exactly, yeah. And it's like, okay, um, I... I, (laughs) Like, I don't know if, like, a solution's gonna, like be the best thing like right now like it because it feels like you're being like pushed away you know instead of like being like validated exactly like all the time i do not need somebody to like tell me what to do or how to proceed so just need somebody to basically listen to me that is what people do not have to say yeah yeah and i think that's like one of the biggest probably the challenges like during this whole time is because we were so limited, like, Zoom or, like, talking online is only going to go so far, and it makes it even harder for you to bridge the gap between, like, you feeling a certain way and finding someone else who can actually understand, not, like, at least, em- like, just empathize with you and be like, yeah, it, it's, I don't know, like, just tell me that, yeah, what you're feeling is fine, like, it's okay to be like that right now, like, you can't, don't have to be happy all of the time, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, should we move on to another question? I think we should. Anything else you want to add on, Adrija? Just that uh, this pandemic has made it quite easier to empathize, especially for the youth community, because we went mm-hmm. through more or less the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would just like to ask people to try and be more understanding, and instead of judging, just trying to listen in a non-judgmental way. That will go along with yeah, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Hopefully, hopefully that's what ends up happening um, moving forward. And then what about, actually, this is a question I just thought of, like, what about at schools? Like, here, most of the time, well, we have school counselors here, and they're, like, supposed to be able to listen to you and what you're doing, um, you know, your problems, or, like, like academically, and then also just, like, personally. But what about um, at your school? Like, how is it there? Okay, to be very sure, 
there are counselors mm-hmm. but you know always students do not feel comfortable going for them because again there is a stigma mm-hmm. if somebody goes to the counselor people will either say you are academically weak and you need extra support or again people will say that you are crazy so um, not always people choose to go to them but i'm very proud to say that my school has taken very progressive steps in these in this regard mm-hmm. i have myself been a peer mentor and i was responsible for a class of juniors mm-hmm. uh, like you would call them freshmen grade uh, 9 students mm-hmm. and i would talk to them once every two weeks and see how they were doing checking on them we actually formed a bond to the point where they became comfortable sharing things with us with the student council and apart from that our school organized events like voices where students could come up and speak they organized art days where people could just mm-hmm. share their creativity our school allowed a lot of space for creative uh, creative exhibition creative venting creative outlets and i'm very very proud and happy that i have such a school That's awesome. What were like some of the creative and I know you mentioned that you were um did have some like film uh that you made. So uh was that related at all? Like do you feel like your school helped you with that? Um so our school organized open nights mm-hmm. where students could come and present their uh, creative art, creative work, poetry, painting, uh music, dance, etc. My film was actually a separate project. Mm-hmm. I got accepted into the representation project Youth Media Academy, which is based in California in mm-hmm. 2021, and I made a film as a part of that. But then later, I also showcased it at school, and like everybody was very supportive and very proud of that. I even presented it on a global platform at a global conference mm-hmm. where uh, eminent filmmakers from around the country were there to judge and it. Awesome. Actually, I really that's pretty cool because even I'll say here, especially where we live, um a lot of the time like the creative arts are kind of forgotten because we live in a very tech heavy STEM mm-hmm. area. So like everything is a lot more like about, you know, like computer science or science like or science or math, biology, chemistry, like all of your stem focused subjects and if you're not doing those you're not going into those and it's kind of just like do you, are you even going to have a future which oh it's so frustrating <laughs> as a non stem okay, major i can say that yes oh um, my gosh so like ever since i was very young till grade 10 i always thought that i would be a doctor oh so everybody mm. actually assumed that i would take up science yeah but i i suddenly had an awakening when i got a subject selection form so here we have to select our subjects in grade 11 mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god physics chemistry mathematics is not my cup of tea i'm absolutely <laughs> miserable if i go on with that yeah <laughs> so i took that leap and i took up humanities like social sciences english literature 
so true yeah because like mm-hmm. a lot of the times that like, people they're like i know like what are a lot of times like our parents or people around us they want what's best for us but sometimes it's also like it might be a safer option but it's not the only option i feel like that's one of the biggest things i learned through the pandemic is like there's no one way to get to where you want in life um there's so many different things that you can explore and you don't have to do like the you know like here it's more like the high school to college pipeline like is like you get good grades in high school you do extracurriculars you apply for college you go to a good college you get an internship and then you get into a fancy uh you get a job and that's it but like there's so many different ways you can take like a a break between high school and college to figure out like what you want to do or like you can take up some like small gig jobs and see how you like that like i don't know it that just that's one of the biggest things I learned in the pandemic is like it's not the end of the world if I'm not doing the best and like I'm so glad for you it's working out that's awesome um but yeah I think that was one of my biggest mental like awakenings from this whole time yeah like, you know, it's the same except, uh, except oh, that curriculars extracurriculars were also not that much focused upon so think of the students they have to go on studying and studying academic subjects very subject is not even life mm-hmm. because that mm-hmm. is what was considered important to have a good life quote unquote good life mm-hmm. now at least schools like ours we have started encouraging extracurricular activities and it is a little better for students mm-hmm. but yes i actually understand what you mean yeah oh my god yeah i definitely agree like i think it's honestly like hypocritical because <laughs> like they people like parents like they want you to have a good life but like you can't have a good life if you don't like what you're doing you know like i don't that's one of my biggest fears is just not enjoying what i'm gonna study or like do with my life mm-hmm. yeah it's it's tough like um i just yeah, I, I, I honestly, it's comforting to know that, like, because I know uh, if I talk to my cousins in India and, and other places, there's such a, there's more of an emphasis on the actual, like, doing well on the exams and getting the marks. And here there's, like, uh, it's just part of the bigger puzzle. Like, I'm glad you mentioned, like, the extracurriculars. Like, what I think is very interesting is, like, in India, like, where you are, extracurriculars are just that. They don't really have, like, any, like, I don't know if they po- like give you much of an advantage in terms of the college that you're going to get into or the university you end up going to. Um, but here, it's kind of been made that way. Like, originally in the college applications, um, extracurricular extracurriculars were included because, like, it was like, oh, to show if students um, had other interests besides academic interests. But now it's become, like, you have to pick the right extracurriculars, quote unquote, right, right extracurriculars, or you do extracurriculars just because it'll look good on your college apps. It's, it's become a whole thing. Oh my goodness. 
interesting and um i know like we tried to fix the audio uh for those listening um so hopefully it sounds a little bit better but um i think that's kind of like the end of our first conversation with adrija i know there's so many other things that you wanted to talk about that you're so passionate about um i think education inequity and period poverty i think those are some of the topics that we're excited about exploring in the future there's so much but um, any last takeaways that you want to give um, people on the subject? And then Madeira, if you have any thoughts to add, you can definitely add those in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, just that it has been a tough time for everybody. And what we need to understand is that we are not the only ones going through this. There may be some people going through even such a even more higher level of mm-hmm. um mental pressure, there might be some people going through something at a lower level than you have been, but everybody has their own experiences and everybody experiences them in a different way. So try to be understanding and empathetic and if you cannot be empathetic towards a person, please do not go and make it worse for them. Please do not go and judge them. Mm-hmm. It's okay to keep your distance. It is okay better actually to not say anything than making it worse for somebody. Oh, yeah. So, uh, thank you so much. That would be awesome. Thank mm. you. Yeah, I'm so glad you could come and, like, talk to us. I I honestly feel like I understand more about, like, the world and India Because <laughs> I don't know. Like, I always, I had, like, an idea of how it was. But I think the way you were saying, especially, like, learning about you and everything you do. Like, Sara and I mm-hmm. um, are in student council, too. Well, Sara did it, for, like, a couple <laughs> years ago. Yeah. But yeah, it's like I, I'm definitely thinking of like how can I, prior like, help people with their mental health like in the student council lens too. I think it's it's yeah it's difficult because like you guys have like so much, of the student body that you govern. It's, it's tough like figuring out how to do because like here it's more than, and I will I would say like more so than in India like it is something at least in schools now it's like we need to be open about this but like mm-hmm. it's it's just like very surface level in my opinion it's just like we need to be open about this but like how we're actually going to do that doesn't really follow through and on a similar note like as a kind of a concluding question for both of you guys and I guess I'll mm-hmm. answer this myself is what do you think for like the for the community for you in Kolkata 
um, Adrija, and for us, like in the Indian or Desi American communities um, in Washington, where what are some steps or what are some concrete ways that you might think of that might push people in the right direction towards being more open towards having these conversations about mental health um, with maybe their either their peers or um, even their families? Like that's a harder one, like their families and greater communities, but how do you think or what do you think we need to do to get to that point where we're able to have those conversations okay i'll go first mm-hmm. so i've always believed that change begins with hope mm-hmm. if you want to see something changing in the world or some reform you have to take the initiative you cannot wait for someone someday to come and do it for you so if you want to encourage conversations around mental health take the initiative approach your friends approach your family members Talk to them, tell them about it, tell them about your mental health, ask them about theirs. It will take time, but if they are comfortable around you and if you can create that kind of an environment, they will start opening up. And once they start opening up and feeling better, they will believe in the power of being open about your mental health. Mm. So I think even if it is just you, it is still one person and mm-hmm. that still matters. Yeah, I think that's I think that's important. Like the just one person, like, not just, like, even for yourself, but, like, even anybody around you, if you're even able to find one person, either older or same age, that you're able to talk to and have them empathize with you, it makes a big difference. Madira, Mm -hmm. what about you? Um, well, like, I also, like, really feel that people who are struggling with mental health, like, it's hard for them to help other people, too, you know? Like, it's sometimes, at least for me, like, it's, like, really hard to be Oh my gosh, sorry. It's really hard to be, like, um, I don't know, like, fully present and, like, fully able to help other people. So Mm -hmm, I feel mm -hmm. like the ideal situation would be, like, everyone has, like, an outlet, whether it be, like, talking with their friends, like, you know, like, um, talking with their parents, stuff like that. Well, I don't know about parents. I feel like parents have to talk to their friends first, you know, kind of just be really open because I feel like a lot of times we're so focused on image oh, and, yeah. like, how our family's, like, going to look, like, how we're going to look if we're, like, being honest about, like, what we're struggling with. Mm-hmm. But I think we just all have to understand that, like, especially in this time, like, nobody's doing well. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the only way to, like, grow is if we're, like, all willing to be, like, vulnerable, which is, yeah. like, such, so much easier said than done. Oh, you know? yeah. And I think it's, I think the biggest thing is that it's kind of like everybody is to some degree going through a a really a tough time um, because of the situation we're in. Everyone's so isolated still like that. It's kind of dumb or stupid, in my opinion, that like everyone's just pretending that everything's okay and just keeping their own problems to themselves. Like, wouldn't it just be like, (laughs) it's kind of sad, but like, wouldn't it just be better to like collectively wallow in our misery together? Like, at least you won't be alone in that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. We should do that sometime. Collectively wallow. wallow. Yeah. Yeah. And I, if this is like always such a tough question because there's like no clear way of like figuring. I think it's just, uh, we'll see. Maybe as we grow older and then we and mm-hmm. our parents and our older generations see us being so open with our peers about it, then they might reflect and think that maybe there's something that we can do about it as well. Yeah, I definitely think, like, our generation, like, when we raise our children, mm-hmm. it'll be, like, so, 
I, I think it'll be like very different, you know? I think we'll hopefully like show like a new perspective on mental health and be just like a lot more open, but that's like a long time away, you know? Or maybe not. That's so weird. We're so old already. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, don't freak me out with that. Uh. Uh, you know, our generation is actually the watershed generation. Mm. A lot of things are up to us. If we choose to take them forward or leave them behind. And I think we should make the choices wisely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is. It is. like There's so many things that we have to sort through and see. Like, bring the best of the past with us and then also take a step forward to realize that there's a lot of things that has been happening for a long time but that doesn't mean it should have been and we can definitely certainly do better um yeah and I would say that for me personally and you guys can share too like if you want to personal experiences but I found that like um a couple weeks ago my family did like a round table discussion about like how we're new our 2021 had been for everybody and I found that very cathartic because like a lot of the times you don't see your parents being open about like their own feelings like it's hard for you to see them as anything but strong you don't want to because then there's such a big part of your support like they're always like a reliable constant figure in your life that when you see them being vulnerable it's a bit it's scary because then you're like then you realize that oh shit they're they're human too um um, so, you know, not all parents are the same. Of course. In this pandemic, we have to, have to recognize that there were many children stuck with abusive parents. Oh, yeah. Parents don't have abusive parents, where the parent could not only abuse them, but also the other parent. Yeah. And that is a very, very traumatic experience. And in that kind of a situation... Forget asking your parents to share their feelings. You cannot even imagine that you will get your feelings out in the open. Oh my god, yeah. It has been a very tough time for such individuals as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think that is something that we want to get into in another episode. Just talking about... I think that's like a great other um, aspect to explore. Just, yeah, domestic... Experiencing, like, people dealing with domestic or facing domestic violence in their life during a period of such isolation it's just going to exacerbate the situation so much more and like I can't even imagine being in that position it's it's yeah it's it's difficult like your physical and then because if you're like I don't know if you're familiar with like you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs but your physical well-being before you can even start thinking about your mental thing mental well-being and well, and I think we were talking about this earlier too. Like, you know, we keep ourselves so physically busy um, earlier on. So like you kind of numb out like any thoughts or feelings you might have. Similarly, if you're focusing more on survival or just getting through it, then your mental aspect, it's it's definitely there and it's definitely, definitely building up. But you can't even begin to think about addressing it until you're in a safer environment. Wow. You yeah. guys, I'm kind, I'm kind of like, I was like, a, it was such a good conversation, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, the more I think about this subject, like, I don't want to be pessimistic, but, or, um, or we, yeah, it's, it's difficult to see, like, it's not, there's obviously no one clear cut solution to mm-hmm. fixing any of this, but 
that's why I like having like these conversations that even if we can't figure out what to do, at least it's a, it's, it's like you're, at least you're not the only one thinking this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely think it like opens you up because it's like a systematic issue, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, huh. Any last thoughts for any of you guys to add? I think I'm all set. That's it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys both. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Adrija, for joining us today. We have Thank so many. You. And you said you had other things that you wanted to talk to us about. I think I mentioned them earlier. And I would love to talk about some of these topics. They're really interesting. And um, mm-hmm. the experiences and stories you're sharing are really interesting. And it gives me great in- insight into like, it's really cool seeing how, and we mentioned this earlier, how even like how my experiences are not something I can only relate to with mm-hmm. the people who live physically near me. Like a lot of the things that we're experiencing, especially in an age that everything's so interconnected, can be related to people so far away from me too, like you. So thank you for joining us for this conversation. And um, hopefully next uh, next time we post, maybe next week, we will start talking about a, another subject, another topic with you. Um, so very excited to do this first um, episode with you. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it to the end, congratulations. I know the first bit of audio was quite shaky, but no worries. We kind of figured it out towards the end. Next mm-hmm. episode, we'll probably have it under control. Um, if you guys um, have your own thoughts, and I'm sure you do, about um, figuring out mental health, like, you know, in your own uh, communities and how the conversation goes in people uh, in your own backgrounds and your own families, do let us know. Uh, DM us your stories at what we, what we Think podcast so we can get them out and share them. And if any of you guys have any stories or anything you would like to share with everyone else, then do also DM us at What We Think Podcast on Instagram. And we would love to get your story out there. So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And hopefully we'll see you next week. We always, always say this, Madeira and I, that we'll have a... <laughs> we'll do it. We'll, we'll be there. We'll be there. Yes, next week. Mm-hmm. Because we have we have a plan now. We have mm-hmm. a semblance of an outline. If we don't do this, then it'll be very, very sad. But I believe in us. So, yeah. Thank you guys all so much for listening. And we will see you next. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.